1: Bases dropped on Thursday. Thoughts here in Soccer's morning show. Soccer down here. John here. Jarrett coming up uh, when the real world can be put off to the side for a little bit. And obviously, yes, Ricky, we will be talking about the Minotaur. This will be a Georges uh, yakamakis zone, and we will bring in, when Jarrett comes in, uh, we will bring in Jarrett to discuss the Morning, Alex. And we will obviously discuss that. And now the next step is uh, amfam 2 Boogaloo coming up in six days. The guy's coming back, I think, today. He's uh, loving a free player to LAFC. Who'd you get for free, Bam? Morning, Coco. Um, I know that you're also chasing... Well, oh, you mean free in the sense of you're not having to pay any salary for uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's uh certainly a way to go about it. I'm sure that there is an obligation to uh buy Coco. Yeah, we will be talking about the uh, Super League coming up uh, later on in the show. That is definitely on the the uh the docket this morning. So here here's the rundown of what we have. But, but apparently this one's different, Ricky. Super League won't die. Apparently this one's different. Here's the rundown this morning. Obviously we'll talk about Yakamakas when when Jarrett comes in. We've got to talk about the Super League. We have to talk about that. Uh, I did find the information that Jason Nix was looking for about the MLSPA cut on uh, the new TV deal. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Pavone and now, uh, yeah, Uh, first Pavone in uh, LAG and now uh, Aubameyang. Yes. And the Hollywood Hills, Alex. Absolutely. We've got that. We've got Kevin Baxter eviscerating the LA Galaxy in in his most recent column. Uh, We've got an update from Andy Greeter up in Minnesota about uh, Bebe Reynoso. And the update is pretty much that he's not there. Uh, Man City update, we've got that. Carlo Ancelotti says that uh, the league, La Liga, has a racism problem. We'll get into that because Vinicius Jr. was uh, once again the yes well no doubt about it and uh that uh venetius jr was the object of a bunch of stupid things that were said so we'll get into that uh, Mar- uh we've got uh, martin Ziegler update on the man city case and that could take a while tell me if you're surprised by that looks like it could take two to four years before uh yeah the diamonds and frills absolutely og um uh, so it could take two to four years for the Manchester City case to come up with some kind of a resolution one way or the other. And other interesting stuff in lower divisions in Spain, where the third tier could disappear completely. And a lawsuit in Canada in the Canadian Premier League over a team that doesn't exist right now. So we, there's a lot of stuff to get into. Once again, Thursday thoughts, whatever's on your mind this morning. And obviously, like I said, Yakamaka's is at the top of mind. And when Jarrett comes in, we'll discuss that. But uh Yorgios is a yin ye- 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 uh see now, you see, I'm gonna have to do it that way. Uh Yorgios is uh ye- ye- I think that's probably the best way. Yeah, so uh Yorgios is a Yajilyanair. Ye- I'm guessing if my pronunciation is correct. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about, whatever's on your mind this morning. Uh, but, yeah, back, uh, Kevin Baxter uh, was discussing things about how LAFC is the man and LAG is an embarrassment. We got that on the table this morning, too. So, all right, opening kickoff is me doing homework for uh, Jason Nix. And it was a question that I didn't have the answer to, and I found the answer. Opening kickoff is always brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee, kickoff coffee, co.com and kickoff coffee a uh, uh, CO on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Nick's had a question about the new TV deal and the players' place in it. And so I went back into the, the archive, and here's the deal, according to Nick's, and what the players get as, as the cut, their cut. For terms of the CBA 23 and 24, players get 12.5% of the net media increase, uh, the net increase in media revenue for anything more than $100 million above the league's 2022 media compensation. Players' media revenue share jumps to twenty-five percent in twenty-five, though the expiration of the CBA following the twenty-seven season, through the through the expiration of the CBA, you know, following the twenty-seven season. That money goes directly into salary cap and general allocation money. But MLS will spend substantially on production costs in the deal with Apple. We knew that new names uh, introduced yesterday jen hildreth among them very very uh very very cool to see the the emory grad doing well and being a part of the new package industry sources expect the league to spend around 60 million on producing games each year additional costs in the next year to associate with starting up their own production arm those costs will have an effect on the revenue share agreement in the cba if for an example and this is from our friends at stege Colin Tenorio at the athletic the mls winds up around 290 million for its media rights it was 250 125 million more than the 165 million mark where revenue share kicks in. I think it's 95, so if you, uh, 40, 40, so 85. But that's gross revenue. MLS deducts the production costs under the new Apple deal before calculating any revenue share. It should take a big bite out of the cut given to players. Just as production costs impact the math on revenue share, similarly impacts on how the deal impacts team's finances. When the previous broadcast deal in 2015, 20 teams, each team got three and a quarter. That number dropped to 2.3 with the current 28 teams. Club sources have told The Athletic most teams spend a portion of that revenue on, on excuse me production costs for their local broadcast. So 29 and 30 coming in. And so that's that's your rundown of the player share. 12 and a half, 12 and a half, and up to 25. And that goes 25 for 2025, 2026, and 2027. So that's your homework assignment brought forth by Jason Nix. And that's uh, that's where it is for uh, your your opening kickoff. That's your that's your numbers for the player's perspective. Brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee, kickoffcoffeeco.com, and kickoffcoffeeco on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Super League is back. I feel like I should have some kind of a sounder. Super League. The Super League is back. All right, here's the deal. This morning, while we were all sleeping, Sam Wallace at the Telegraph, among others, new European Super League announced that it's going to replace the Champions League. Sam Wallace and Tom Morgan at the Telegraph. (coughs) Excuse me. Doesn't that you i a cold? I want to detach my nose at the moment. That would be a fantastic thing to do. All right, so, European Super League. Backers reveal they want to launch a new version of the project, a multi-division competition of 60 to 80 teams, no permanent members, and a minimum of 14 games per club per season. Don't you call this the Champions League and the Europa League right now anyway? I'm just asking announcement made in various european newspapers by a22 the madrid based sister company of the super league super league and timed to coincide with a new push from the three remaining rebels real madrid barcelona and juve to continue to continue their battle with uefa a22 claimed that the new project is a result of detailed conversations with clubs around Europe on the financial problems facing them. For the past few months, A22 and the Super League have focused their attacks on the wealth of the Premier League, its dominance of the transfer market, and the effect that it has on the other European leagues with less lucrative television deals. No details yet on how the original 60 to 80 teams would be constituted or how they would drop out of the proposed competition to make way for new clubs. So it's like, yeah, okay, we have an idea and we don't know how we're going to let folks in and we don't know uh, how we are going to uh, figure out who's in on a yearly basis or not. The original Super League in April 2021 pilloried for offering permanent membership to founding clubs of which six were from the Premier League, Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs. The format of the proposed new Super League has been kept a secret by Real, Barca, and Juve. It's our idea. You can't have it. But even now, there are still questions about how it might work or ever given the legal room to operate. A22 as well as its major backers, like Real President Florentino Perez, has claimed in the past there would be greater solidarity payments for clubs who do not participate in European competition. Javier Tebas, president of La Liga, responded to the announcement tweeting, the Super League is the wolf who today disguises himself as a granny to try to fool European football, but his nose and teeth are very big. Four divisions in Europe, of course, the top is for them, as in the 2019 plan governance of the clubs, of course, only from the big ones. And then there is a political cartoon from Emerson Co. with the uh, wolf in bed a- dressed as Grandma from Goldilocks, and the the nightcap is like it looks like a soccer ball, Super League uh, button on the nightgown in bed, and Goldilocks with the face, European football. And so Emerson Co. has a cartoon. Tebas Javier on Twitter, if you want to follow Javier Tebas going forward. The Football Supporters Association, which represents fans in England and Wales, and is a co-founder of Europe's equivalent fan body, said the ESL plan did not have any backing from the continent's fans. Quote, The walking corpse that is the European Super League twitches again, With all the self-awareness one associates with a zombie, FSA chief exec Kevin Miles said in a statement. Their newest idea is to have an open competition rather than a closed shop they originally proposed that led to huge fan protests. Of course, an open competition for Europe's top clubs already exists. It's called the Champions League. They say dialogue with fans and independent fan groups is essential. Yet the European Zombie League marches on, willfully ignorant to the contempt supporters across the continent have for it, end quote. In Velt, the chief executive of A22, Bernd Reichert, continued the attack on UEFA, claiming clubs that have no say in the running of its competitions. He said, quote, it is the clubs that bear the entrepreneurial risk in football, but When it comes to important decisions, they're too often forced to stand idly by from the sidelines as the sporting and financial foundations run under their hands. Our talks have also made it clear it is often impossible for clubs to raise their voices publicly against a system that uses the threat of sanctions to prevent opposition, end quote. Reichert made other claims about supporting the women's game. And once again, this is from The Telegraph. Supporting domestic competitions, the health of the players, and financial sustainability rules and fan experience. We'll get into that in a bit. There are pledges to pursue all these issues, but no details on how much revenue will be generated to do so or who might run in the ESL. In the first iteration two years ago, power was concentrated in the hands of Perez, Andrea Agnelli, the former Juve chairman, and Manchester United co-owner Joel Glazer. It's The most powerful clubs outside the Rebel 3 who have helped shape the new format for the UEFA Champions League post-2024, the Swiss model. 36 teams, single division, playing 10 group stage games instead of the current six. UEFA and the uh, European Club Association, which represents across Europe, co-own a joint venture that controls all the revenue from Champions League Europa and Europa Conference League. The original European Super League dealt a major blow before Christmas in its long-running legal case with UEFA in the European Court of Justice in Luxembourg. The advocate General Athanasios Rontos' advice to the court was heavily in favor of UEFA. The Advocate General's advice is not binding to the ECJ judges, but in most cases it's followed. He found the EU competition law was compatible with restrictions that UEFA and FIFA power asserts over football and proportionate for achieving UEFA's legitimate objectives in line with the EU policy on sport. So the new 10-point manifesto, here's what you got from it. More teams in the original Super League plan A breakaway replacing UEFA competitions, but not domestic leagues. Domestic leagues A22 say they're the foundations of football. Participating clubs should remain fully committed to domestic tournaments as they do today. Super League's commitment to preserving existing domestic leagues wouldn't necessarily save any Premier League signups from being expelled from the the English pyramid if they joined up. A guarantee of 14 European matches for every club. Chelsea spent 288 million pounds. 190 million were spent total in Liga, La Liga, the Bundesliga, and Syria. They spent 190 million. Chelsea spent 98 million pounds more. Syria reports steepest year on year decline in gross transfer spend, 84% down from 163 to 25 million pounds in January 2023. Lowest spend by the league since 2006. The Liga also saw a uh, 63% fall in expenditure. A22 suggests the European League with divisions would start close to this gulf. Stability and protectability in revenues would be dramatically improved by offering clubs a minimum of 14 guaranteed European matches each season. An overall limit of, of matches FIFPro, Pro, Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp. They already are not fans of the jammed calendars that we know already. A-22 responses that player health must be at the center of the game, end quote. The number of games would not be increased beyond those in currently planned competition calendars. Importantly, European clubs and players should not be obliged to participate in expanded or new tournaments by third parties. That's like the expansion of the World Cup and the expand to blow out the uh, Champions League. Competition run by clubs rather than Blazers. A22's version of the take-back-control slogan coined during Brexit. Once again, this is from our friends at The Telegraph. Premier League-style system of club ownership but with more safeguards in place. Season-long European competition. Considering that they saw the Premier League's TV rights growth in the U.S., A-22 says it's critical younger generations attracted by globally expanding U.S. sports and digital entertainment continue to embrace football as the most loved sport in the world. A plan to ease the the burden on traveling fans. A-22 recognized that, quote, additional measures should be taken to facilitate fan attendance at away games. Increased dialogue should be had with supporters groups. No mention of curbing uh, ticket costs, though. Financial boost for the women's game, A22 say financing should be significantly expanded beyond existing contributions from women's European club competitions, end quote. A minimum of 400 million euro would be paid into the grassroots. A22 says more than two times the contribution from existing European club competitions. And then aligning the breakaway with the EU, with its commitment to the EU, the A22 is resigned to launching without the involvement of the English clubs. The group says stakeholders must embrace the values, laws, and fundamental freedoms of the EU. So, that's your Super League, kids. Round two. Round two of the Super League. All I saw in reading the A-22 statement, and once again, thanks to our friends at the Telegraph, is a bunch of quotes with not a whole lot of solutions. This is why we think something should happen. This is why. This is why we think this should happen, but you don't really have any concrete solutions. Got a lot of ideas based on TV revenue and uh, advice from other players, uh, uh, players in the game, not like physical on the pitch, but like economic players. So the Super League, Super League returns in this form. Javier Tebas puts a political cartoon on his Twitter account. So. That's where we are with the Super League. Congratulations, Super League. You're back. With a lot of quotes. And now you've got teams playing chicken with their leagues and trying to figure out, should we go here? Should we go there? And, uh, yeah. Tom, to your point, they will almost get to see what it's like to be an MLS fan. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So, Thoughts on the Super League? I know it's a lot of empty quotes, but hey, they say they're back. Absolutely, they're back. Good morning. Uh, All right. Yes, the second and maybe halfway decent iteration of the Super League, Coco. No, the Super League will not die. And that's where we are with it right now. 80 teams. No permanent members. 80 teams. I still think tom and coco that you call that the champions league and the europa league legitimately that's what i've always thought it's gonna kill football according to tom it <laughs> will i already hate it coco says but yeah laporta says barca's fine financially uh Eesh. yeah exactly and Spain would be a healthier place if TV revenue was split evenly and you didn't have uh, the big guns going after their own deals. But the big guns are going after their own deals. And it is an incredibly stilted view of what is where and who's got what and how much is going to be chased after by these teams. So... uh Looking at your uh, <laughs> looking at your other looking at your other comments on here, uh, yeah, a lot of you not really some of you I mean Coco seems to be uh, decently impressed with the opening salvo. Tom, however thinks it will kill the sport, and I think that that's I think that's a fair assessment of one side to the other. I think that a lot of folks are torn on this idea. But like I said, I would maintain that the Super that the, the uh, Super League was always the Champions League and the uh, Europa League. And then, of course, they decided, OK, hey, we're making a lot of money here. Let's create the Europa Conference League and bring in another. How many teams are in the Europa Conference League? Four thousand. Turn it into an all in tournament. Uh, Knicks. Wonder what the juice boxes are for Atlanta United to give up the most goals in an MLS season seventy five. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. Seventy five would mean uh to a match. I don't think it's going to get to seventy five. Nope, I don't think so. I would disagree. Um, fifty to one, fifty plus one is needed in Spain. Okay. Um. Okay, so Coco clarifies. Not really impressed, but it seems all right, I guess. I think what UEFA already has is plenty. Correct. I, you, we would all think so. And, of course, Tom comes in with uh, as many money bag emojis as you could fit. three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, seventeen 12, 15, 17 money bag emojis. So, uh, <laughs> you can't count the preseason Knicks when you're, when you're looking at goals. Uh, this court, yeah, it is all about money and all of sport. Well, especially with TV contracts, that's what it is all about. Once again, I apologize this morning. Uh, I wanted to attach my nose. I uh, got a cold yesterday. And so I feel fine otherwise, just uh, nasty cold. And wanted to attach my nose and talk normally, but that's not going to happen today. Uh, programming notes before we go any further and before I forget. Uh, Later today on the network, we catch up with Mauricio Ruiz, who is uh, part of the Jacksonville USL project. Then Jack Collison, we're going to catch up with Jack on tape this afternoon at two o'clock, the new head coach at Huntsville City. And it'll be fun to catch up with Jack to find out what it's like to build that program up there in Huntsville asad Liadi, jonathan bolaños there are some familiar names to those of you who follow a lot of the lower divisions and so jack is now in charge of mls next pro up in huntsville tied to uh, nashville but uh, it'll be fun to catch up with jack and both of those interviews will be up later this afternoon and we'll see what is going on joe it is not a tuma. no it's not a, not a tuma. no it's just uh so this is my first call to 2023. Congratulations to me five weeks in. Uh, yeah, And, uh, you know, Michael had all about money until people stop caring about too much footy. And we all will have, we will all hit our price point. We will all hit our maximum and sit there and go, you know, I'm kind of done. I think I've expanded my, uh, my pocketbook and I'm good to go. And I have zero interest in spending any more money in doing anything like this. So uh, happy day nine of MLS season pass for those of you who celebrate. And, you know, it's season tickets, it's investments, it's all of these kinds of things. And we all are going to hit our maximum at some point when it comes to price points and and the level of investment. And in Europe, with what is going on right now, if the Super League decides that they're going to do this, fans are going to have to make decisions. I um, mean, you know, we we saw we saw the uh, notion in their ten point plan that yeah they're going to make it uh, economical for fans, but it was all in quotation marks, and so we'll see. Um, Joe Boston, you know, you're in a you thinks you're you're in a minority and totally uninvested in UEFA, but you're not. I don't think you're completely and totally in a minority. I think there are a lot of folks that aren't fans of UEFA and or FIFA. And you're going to follow your team regardless of where it is. And so I think that that's uh, that's going to happen. Coco, unless the Super League gets on a normal streaming service, I don't see it working. They can't create another service. And that was originally, remember, part of the plan. Remember, initially they wanted to create their own network kind of a thing. And they would have to figure out where to you know where to put it. Was it going to be on YouTube? or what were they going to do? And if it was going to be something that was going to happen quickly in the first iteration of the Super League, it was going to have to be on something like YouTube. and easily accessible there. And you know, it was a, a way for the product to get out and be seen. But depending on how much of a runway they give themselves, do they just do something like with YouTube TV? Do they do their own streaming service? Do they pair with a partner, the Zone, whomever? That's another question in all of this. Production costs, like we were discussing earlier with Major League Soccer. That's a question. You know, how is how's all this stuff going to get shot? You can't use the crews that are tied to the domestic leagues because they're kind of busy and they want to keep their gigs. Who takes the Who takes the gig? Yeah, bam! It would have to be global. YouTube TV isn't global. Is it Amazon? Is it Netflix? You know, Amazon looking to get into more and more sports. Is it a partner like Prime Video? You know, they've invested uh, billions of dollars. That is ten to the left of the decimal place just for the Monday for the uh, Thursday night football package. The games they got were dogs for the most part but they invested 10 figures to the left of the decimal place probably would have to do the same thing if they were going to pair up with something like the super league that's the play here who's your partner who is your partner super league and it could be well yeah and coco you could be right it could be that golden goose that apple's looking for it could be Because then we would be celebrating both MLS season pass and then Super League for Apple. So it will be interesting to see how all of this lays out. And Michael, once again, we got into the TV product and discussing the TV product yesterday and the possibility of an expanded playoff. And, Nick, that was why I went back and I found the uh, the notes on the athletics site about the TV deal 12 and a half 12 and a half up to 25 st- starting in 2025. You expand the uh, you expand the regular season you expand the, the postseason and then you end up with more of more more TV product and literally like I, like we talked about at the time. It is all about more and more episodes for a television series. That is what it is. That is bottom line what it is. More TV inventory. More ad space to be sold. More games to be seen. More eyeballs to be drawn to MLS Season Pass and any of the other associated products with it. But Coco, I mean, you could be square here. It would be one of those golden geese. Apple would demand that the Premier League clubs get on board. BAM thinks that the MLS season passes Apple's golden goose. What I think, BAM, is I think it's a test case.
0: It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. Not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. they Taylor tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
1: It's like, yeah, exa- well, and that's the thing, Michael, it, you know, more TV product and less interest in the regular season. But bam, to your point, I think that this is, it's like, it's it's like Dark Star in uh, Top Gun Maverick. Okay, does the plane can the plane make it to Mach ten? Or do you have the cranky do you have the cranky admiral who sits there and tells you that Dark Star is you know pilots are not going to be what is going to drive defense forward. It's going to be drones and things like that. MLS Season Pass might be Dark Star. So then I guess that makes Don Garber maverick. I don't know. But uh, I think that I think that MLS Season Pass is a test case for Apple TV to figure out what to do, should they want to invest in other sports and figure out, okay, here's what we did. With MLS Season Pass, here's what we can do differently. Here's what we can do to to add revenue. I think that with Major League Soccer, Apple has a willing partner in wanting to grow their own game and Apple willing to grow their, their subscriber base and try to do it by diving into sports and doing it in this manner. Apple will be learning from what they're doing with MLS Season Pass and probably apply it to other sports if they want to chase after those contracts. Tom, good with the expanded playoffs, especially if they make the first round more than single matches. Look at the NHL, great entertaining playoffs, and it's like an entire second season, and that is true. Because, Tom, as you and I know, and we've talked about in the past, National Hockey League, you bring in eight teams. And you have an eight that gets on a heater, a little hot goaltender, see my Los Angeles Kings in 2012, and you could win the whole thing. Nothing wrong with expanded playoffs, but you you look at it once again from Apple's perspective. We need TV inventory to draw eyes to the product. And if you expand the playoffs, you're drawing more eyes to a postseason product. And I still think that this is a bit of a petri dish for Apple and Apple TV Plus. Yeah, Gare way back when exactly for your uh, for the for the team that was down uh, down the I five that I'm not going to mention by name. Um, but that's the thing. I think that this is a gigantic petri dish for major for uh, for Apple Apple TV Plus. So when they dive into other sports, they'll sit there and they can say, okay, well, with Major League Soccer, this worked, this didn't. And you've got to have a willing partner, especially if you want to try to create more inventory. How do you create more inventory? With Major League Soccer, it's League's Cup. With Major League Soccer, it's expanding your playoffs. Things that you can do because you have the wiggle room to do it. And so I think that that's, that's where we are with this particular package. I think that Apple TV Plus is going to try and figure things out with a willing partner, learn from it. And then if they want to apply it to other sports, they'll say, OK, we did this. This didn't work. This worked. This worked. Take those lessons and move them forward. So uh, that's my thought on Major League Soccer, Apple TV Plus and uh, MLS season pass going forward and how it would apply to other things. Could apply to the Super League. If they're, if uh, Apple is happy with uh, what they end up with, with uh If Apple's happy with what they're getting out of Major League Soccer and can apply it to something like the Super League, I'm sure they would do it. Bam, question. What's the point of doing well in the season if you don't get a home field advantage in a one-off game? Might as well just make the playoffs and still get a home game. That's the key. Get to a four. Get to a four. And then from there, that 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 should be your baseline marker. Get to the four seed. Figure out if you can get a home match, home series and continue to try to to knock off the teams that uh, could be above you unless they get knocked out themselves. So, now right there with you. Uh all right. So, Giorgis Yakamakis, who might be a yillionaire. Finally happened. I've got to give the uh, I've got to give the social media team with Atlanta United a boatload of credit. The release announcement for Yogyos Yakimakis was tremendous. You tie in an advertising partner that just happens to be your official airline. Yes, Sam, it was. It was absolute shade, Absolute shade. And it was glorious. You know, I've I got to give him full-blown credit. Really do. In 26 seconds, you said, yeah, we got him. No, you didn't. We all know that Yakamakis wanted to come to Major League Soccer and be a part of things with Atlanta United. We know that going in. But when your social media team has a uh, – has the the effort that they put forth yesterday before the officially official uh, spinning around in the golf shirt and neon that that happened at 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Full-blown shade. And, uh, Tom, I mean, regular season will matter. That's why best of three makes sense in the first round. I, you know, and do we go back to the old rule of Uh, if, if they're tied, well, best of three, I mean, if I was thinking of best of two for a second, uh, so best of three would love to see it. Apple TV plus would love to see it because it's more inventory, but once again, you just got to figure out your scheduling like Liga MX has done. Wednesday, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday, that gets you your first two legs. The idea of the 8-9 to figure out who plays the one, that, to me, is the issue here. If the season ends on, uh, yes, no doubt about it, Sam. We are <laughs> Atlanta United is for sure number one target on the hit list. Sorry, I'm about to sneeze. No doubt about it. Urawa Red, Urawa Red man, I'm always going to have problems with this. Urawa Red Diamonds will have Atlanta United on the hit list for at least a decade and a half. But, Yakamakis did not want to go to the J-League. Wanted to come to Major League Soccer. And the, the Minotaur, I think uh, we're going to start that here. Because he is Crecian family is Cretion, wanted to come to Major League Soccer, wanted to come to America. Can you blame the man? And I know that a lot of you 17s are going to open him with as wide an arm embrace as possible and make sure that he is as home here as absolutely necessary. Let him know where he wants to go, you know, find out what he wants to do. Let him know what he wants to do. Let him be a part of the community. Every aspect, every aspect of it. I and mean, I know that the 17s are going to be really, really fond of showing Yorgos Yakimakis what goes on here in Atlanta. Only downside that Tom sees to the uh, the early part best of three teams that win in two games that have a layoff waiting for the other series to conclude. But that late in the year, Tom, don't you want to try to get your business done quick? You want to definitely do it. I know Apple would be mad because you're not getting the third game in that series. But when you've got a best of three, if you're a top four seed, or I mean, really, if you're a top, you know, if you're any one of those seeds in there, you want to get it done as quickly as possible if I'm two and done, I'm two and done that time of year. I want to try to rest up as much as possible. Oh, I know. But remember Tom, you know, you, if you're on a heater, you want that momentum too. Yeah. But I mean, there were times in, oh, let me check it. Uh, four card, not a fan of best to three, just two legs. And then you do it like the old days where you have the mini game or you go straight to PKs. How would you do it four card? If you don't like, uh, if you don't like best of threes and you just want two legs a home and away do you go goal difference how do you determine if everything is square uh you go to pks okay go to pks after uh tom you mentioned being on a heater let me check let me check the let me check my my la kings here really quickly back in 2012 when they were the eighth seed in the conference, regular season playoffs, one in five, one and four, one in five on the Stanley Cups in six. So they went five-four-five five as the eighth seed, knocking off the one, the two, and the three. So five-four-five. Five. They didn't waste any time. No away goals. Okay. Michael Head wants PK's in two legs. Uh No away goals. Michael Head, MLS is going to MLS. Emilio, to be honest, was concerned supporter groups and supporters in general would not support him or anyone after Joseph. That initial uproar seems to have subsided, subsided, fortunately. Four-card aggregate goals and PKs is what you're looking at. But, Tom, yeah. You do want to, you know, if you're on a heater, you want that momentum. But like I said LA Kings uh, our 8th seed my 8th seed and if, do I have yeah it's right right up right above me here in the office um they went 5 4 5 didn't play any more than 5 until the Stanley Cup they got to rest as an 8th seed took care of business so you know I, I think we're both I think we're both right in that idea that yeah, you you want that momentum, but you know at the same time I think that you want to sit there and kind of go like, Sht. take care of business late in the year. You want to stay as healthy as possible, and you want to you don't want to drag, you don't want to drag everything out. Sam uh, Joseph We're talking about Joseph and uh, Georgios Akamakis. Majority of the supporters knew we needed to move on and have accepted it. Yeah, there, there are pluses and minuses to both. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Head really hope that uh, Yakamakis gets off to a quick start. Otherwise, carping will start. Just let him get adjusted. Let him get adjusted. There's probably the the one more transaction that might happen. We'll keep an eye on that. Abram is in. Yakamakis is in. And remember, you're going to get Tyler Wolf back after the U20s. You're going to get Caleb Wiley back after the U20s. So, is it a backup striker? Yeah, uh, yeah, and that, that's, yes, that has that has definitely come up in conversation, Tom, if he wears number seven. Maybe he pulls the uh, the Ray Bork-Phil Esposito move and turns to 77. Don't know. Uh, so just let him get acclimated, but, you know, when you think about what Yakamakis can be and what Yakamakis uh, is capable of, and I know that we've seen the YouTube clips, Go a little deeper than the YouTube clip that's that you know that's out there, and look at his and like and this is what I want to get into with Jarrett when when he comes on is the the depth of field that you have from a player like Yakamakis. I mean, picture picture this: you have a, a front of Etienne, Yakamakis, Aruju. Almada, that's your four. That's your four right there. So in a perfect day, if you have Brooks Lennon and Andrew Gutman, let's just say down the right-hand side. uh, Brooks Lennon works his way down the right-hand side, and he's got Luis available on an inside run so Luis can set up his left foot. Yakamakis can draw folks to him in the middle in the 18. So so uh, Lennon has options. Aruju into the mixer, or if defenders are drawn to Aruju and Yakamakis behind at the far post, you should have Etienne and Gutman, if not Caleb Wiley and Tiago Almada. So defenses are gonna have to pick their poison. Figure out, okay, what are we going to have to, what are what's our priority in defending? Lennon on service. Aruju's with him. Yakamakis is in the middle. Almada is down the middle or helping out back part, or available back post. Gutman and Etienne are available back post. Yeah. Good luck trying to defend all that. It's going to be, it should be once everyone, you know, we, we always talk about those little societies and, you know, how everyone learns what the moves are and what the integrations are and things like that. Who goes where, when, if somebody does this, this means I go here. You know, it's just, it's going to, it's going to take a little bit. It's going to take a little bit, but. It should be fun, and, and, I, and I would ask each and every one of you in these situations when you're looking at, say, down the left-hand side, Andrew Gutman at striker back or whatever you want to phrase it. It's probably going to be a 4-3-3, at least formationally, and then the ball gets kicked in and everything just goes away. But Andrew Gutman down the left-hand side, Brooks Lennon down the right-hand side, one of the re- best right backs in Major League Soccer. And then you've got all of that activity that they can feed into. Etienne, Almada, Yakamakis, Aruju. It's right there for those guys on the outside to work their way in. So it's going to be fun. Sam Joseph was a freaking nature when he started here. Miggy helped that too. We need to give uh, Gigi time to cook. I think you'll be good. Not putting any pressure on because we all know that's how this works. So. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing these relationships develop, and then your your center backs. You know, some combination of Miles and and Juanjo Purata, Noah Cobb a part of the discussion, Ronald Hernandez a part of the discussion. Your six, Santi Sosa not starting the year, but you're going to have Ozzy that's a part of it, and you know your midfield. So no, this is, it's, this will be a fun watch. This will be a fun watch. And uh, a lot of folks in major league soccer might be trying to figure out ways to try to keep up. But like I said, that's the fun part of all of this. Uh, yep. Barring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid rash. And, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not even calling it pressure, Tom. I know that you feel that there's a pressure for a, Uh, Gonzalo Pineda to prove himself this year. Uh, Remember, this is the first time since Tata Martino that a manager has been given a second window to bring in the type of player that he's looking for. First time since Tata Martino that a manager has been given a second window to bring in talent. So like I said, let them cook. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, news out of Charlotte this morning, and I want to get this correct, and it was very cool when I saw it, and it has to do with Anton Walks, who would have celebrated his uh, 26th birthday yesterday. And from Charlotte, it looks like this season – That, no, it's not spelled like Deloitte. So Charlotte this year has, uh, in Anton's honor, established the AW5 Family Fund. For those looking for, this is Charlotte's wording, for those looking for a way to contribute to supporting his family, there is a GoFundMe now available for a fundraiser to help Anton Walks' family. is of $300,000 just went up this morning. And so the wording from Charlotte FC. After the passing of Charlotte FC player Anton Walks on Thursday, January 19th, been a consistent and compassionate outpouring of support for everyone who's been affected by the tragic and devastating loss. In Anton's honor, the AW5 Family Fund has been established. For those looking for a way to contribute to supporting his family, we encourage you to use this fundraiser to do so. The funds raised through through this effort will be transferred directly to Anton's family once the fundraiser is closed. Outside of this effort, Charlotte FC owners David and Nicole Tepper have contributed to the support uh, to support the family alongside several CLF CLTFC partners. In addition to the aforementioned contributions to the family, the Teppers and Charlotte FC are committed to matching up to $500,000 raised through the fund. We appreciate you extending your love and kindness to Anton's family, friends, and teammates. Look forward to honoring him always. And so GoFundMe now through Charlotte FC has a uh, AW5 family fund for supporting Anton Walks. So if that is something that you feel uh, compelled to uh, look at and dive into, then AW5 fund for Anton Walks. Looking at Ozzy's status. Actually training, still rehabbing or what? Haven't seen much. Yes. I don't know. We're all focusing on his hair. We are all focusing on his hair looking good. Well, he might be looking God. You never know, Dix. He might be, you know, Ozzie might be looking God. Um, don't know. I haven't seen anything. Of course, we really haven't seen anything. We really haven't seen a lot. We haven't seen a lot of, of Atlanta United period this year. Um, so, I mean, I think we'll probably get a decent idea at AmFam 2 Electric Boogaloo. Maybe we get to see, well, it'll be interesting to see who we see. And will it be the, you know, will it be the the starting 11 that we anticipate? I'm not anticipating Yakamakis doing anything more than 45 minutes whenever that happens. Uh, does he start and give you 45? Does he come in at 45 and finish it up for you? We'll see. But... Uh, that's the biggest the, the biggest thing about these matches that yeah, AmFam is the next match, Nick's. It is. Absolutely. 6 days time. I think the team is flying back today and they in turn are going to get prepared for AmFam, then they go to St. Louis for another match behind closed doors. Then they come back here and the season starts on the 25th. Yeah, the 15th, next Wednesday. And uh, Mike and Jason will be on the call for Peachtree TV and for nine The Game. So we will see what is up come AMFAM time with a lot of the folks that we haven't had the chance to see. I mean, short of short of the videos that are posted by the team on social media, and the occasional goal against Crusasul. yeah, we do get the new kit reveal, yep. We don't have a whole lot of information to go on. You know, we have people who will, you know, sit there and say, well, this happened, this happened, and this happened. Well, did you see it? No. Honestly, we don't have a whole lot of information. I wish we could say that we got a lot of information. I wish I could say that. But short of seeing the team doing rock, paper, scissors, short of seeing the team doing. Uh, karaoke, and apparently Derek Etienne's got a great set of pipes on him. We haven't seen a whole lot of the team in action. And we all know that Atlanta United, in years past, remember the last year, the television deal last year, Jason was down in Mexico calling matches. So we got to see what was going on with Atlanta United. This year, we have not. So there isn't a whole lot of information to go on. Short of those of you who went to Chattanooga and watched the match that uh, Lucas Panzeca and I called for 11 Sports and got to, to take a look at it, it's the only chance we've really gotten to see Atlanta United this year, short of AMFAM coming up next Wednesday. So it will be, it will be interesting to see how Atlanta United looks when it comes to the AMFAM Cup. And see what the, the lineups look like. See if it's gonna be sixty sixty-five or seventy minutes with the first team, or if since because it's uh Fam two, is it forty-fives and forty-fives? Remember last year, you had at one point a back four that consisted on the right hand side of Noah Cobb and Aiden McFadden. Unfortunately, we found out more you know sooner rather than later that McFadden would be brought up to the first team. I mean, watching the first match and then uh, with the injuries called in and Aiden put in quality minutes last year. So we will see what happens. <laughs> we will we will finally get to see what happens with Atlanta United in person, AmFam Cup, uh, Peachtree's TV, and ninety two ninety two nine the game on next Wednesday. Coverage starts at. 7 i believe. Kick off a little after 7:30 and uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see a lot of you out there. Man, it'll be fun for uh Atlanta United to be seen by everybody here uh, in the in the footprint. So, um that's that's where we are. I know that uh, Emilio, you're not the only person that has concerns about the midfield. I wouldn't be You've got a lot of depth there. You've got a lot of depth at the back. And it's just trying to figure out uh, roles and hoping that those roles don't change because of injuries and things like that where you have one thing that you're supposed to do and then because of injuries, you're having to do other things. And I know that we all uh, respectfully agree to disagree when it comes to, to certain individuals. I mean, I can run stats all day long as to where... Individuals that I know we all have uh, that are touchstones to our conversations. I know that we all can have uh, those discussions all day long and twice on Tuesday. But since this is a Thursday, I know we all have disagreements. I know we have agreements and I know we have disagreements. And that's what makes the Twitch pitch fantastic is that we all can have a civil discourse about these kinds of things. I don't think we're screwed in the midfield. Uh, 10 o'clock, which means one thing that means that uh, we're starting the second hour of the show even though yes i know we started at 9:55, and we've got four minutes to go before we hit the hour mark of the actual show but because it is 10 o'clock it means that uh, i take the volume down to 12 take it out of loop and read our promo no not eight so we're at 12 on the monitors we hit rock and we read a promo for odor-free, clean, fresh air, one place you need to go, it's our friends at Eliminize service. QR code over my left shoulder for those of you who are watching on Twitch. Deodorizing in closed spaces like houses, apartments, and condos. Eliminize created a customized solution that eliminates all organic odors, including those like pet cigarettes, and food. Realtors and property managers use Eliminize service to eliminate bad odors, to help them sell or rent their homes that much faster. It's a turnkey process, makes it easy to work with realtors and property managers. Kind of the environment. We like that these days. It's a very green way of getting rid of odors without any kind of toxic residue whatsoever. Different than Febreze or our favorite masking agents that we have either underneath the sink or above us in the cupboard because when we reach under the, under the sink or above us in the cupboard and take out that masking agent, there's a reason they call it a masking agent. When you spray the masking agent in the air, you're just masking the odor. You're not attacking the problem all the way down to the molecule which is what uh, our friends at Eliminize do with their proven scientific formula. Pricing very, very easy, one of two ways. Either by a cubic feet or parts per million to come up with a price that's affordable for you. Offering results in 24 hours or less. And if you have any questions, frequently asked or otherwise, one thing you need to do is go to their website. And when you go to the website, we need you to do us a favor. That's where I grabbed my pen. After the Eliminize.com go slash Atlanta so they know what part of the world that you're reaching out to them from so they can help you with your problems. Full homework assignment, eliminiz com slash Atlanta, com slash Atlanta. For odor-free, clean, fresh air, Lemonize service, proud sponsors of everything, S-D-H. And, and Amelia, you're right. Stats do not tell the entire story. It, it gives us just a base of comparison with other individuals around the league and lets us know, Uh, effectiveness and things like that. I know it comes down to individual mistakes and things like that that we always talk about, but uh, you know, that's, like I said, that's the beauty of the Twitch pitch. We can always have these conversations all season long. Uh, Apparently the kit is, is, is the kit leaking or are we going off of a previous leak guys? Not a fan of the narrow black stripes in the back under the shoulders. So it's kind of like the original but we're dialing back to that a little more gold. Okay. So according to Tom, one that looks basically asking the question looks basically like the one from year one. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, keep an eye on all of, all of that stuff. Uh, all right. So stuff this morning that, uh, we've been talking about, (laughs) let's link a leak, link a leak. sounds like something that, uh,
0: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
1: Almost if you leaked a link, uh, it sounds like almost something plumber-based. But uh, other things to to get into this morning. And uh, let's see. Andy Greeter. Let's get into Andy Greeter and his uh, thoughts about what's going on in Minnesota. And I know a lot of us are are driven crazy in uh, a lot of us are driven crazy at times when you are trying to figure out your fantasy teams. And by the way, uh, the Jason Wright agency is working on the uh, new round of fantasy for this year. Jason Wright and the Jason Wright agency. Uh, We will have fantasy. Fantasy will return. We'll see how many weeks Chris Ashley can go undefeated. On a uh, uh, on a yearly basis, but news out of Minnesota. Then it came a couple days ago. Uh, Minnesota United signed uh, center back Miguel Tapias to a three year deal, club option for twenty six. Op- occupies an international spot. Joins from Pachuca in MLS. Greeter's article over at Twin Cities. When we mention uh, Bebe Reynoso, here's here's the latest. Season's approaching, and once again, here's the, the answers. And there really aren't a whole lot. It's an interesting situation in Minnesota. Quoting Andy Greeter, a lack of answers on the absence of Minnesota United star Emmanuel Reynoso extends into the Loon's dressing room. Robin Lood, I guess it's the unknown part. That's what's in people's heads, but people are just trying to focus focus themselves and getting themselves on the good fitness level, working with the guys that are here, just try to forget it, see what happens in the future. He's been away from Loon's training camp for more than a month. Reasons believed to be personal issues in Argentina, not professional nor legal. Reynolds has been mentioned in transfer rumors to European clubs. The 26-year-old faces the prospect of a trial for an alleged assault in Argentina in December 2021. Manager Adrian Heath Reportedly has said since training camp opened the week of January 9th that the club was hopeful Reynoso would join in a matter of days. That stretched to weeks, then a month. He's saying Tuesday, there is no timeline. We're hoping like everything. I really don't want to talk about uh, too much about it. He's got one or two of his issues. Hopefully we can work through them and be back whenever he can. Season opener, 16 days away. Even if Reynoso arrives this week, he would be in doubt to play in that rematch of the MLS Cup playoffs first round match. Meanwhile, the rest of the Loon squad now including late arrival Kamar Lawrence, waiting for your reaction in 3, 2, 1. Heavy workloads, multiple session practice days, fitness tests earlier in the week. Heath was asked if that presents a schism within the team. Quote, everybody's fully aware that when people have personal problems, we've all been there. Loon's have been frustrated with Reynoso's truancy and sometimes lack of communication. And we'll explore their next steps if their MLS All-Star does not arrive soon in the United States. Then it gets into the the topiest signing for uh, Minnesota United. But interesting stuff out of Minnesota and Minnesota United involving not having Bebe Reynoso around. So uh, keep an eye on that as the, the season will continue. Also, another quick note on Charlotte, the friendly with the battery Moved to B of A because of the threat of inclement weather this weekend in the low country. So instead of it being in Charleston, it is now Charleston at Charlotte. For those of you who are following along
2: and want to keep an eye on those friendly. Sorry about that.
1: Uh, All right. So, yes, the FC Seoul new kits, by the way, Bam, you are absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. For those of you who have not seen them, the FC Soul new kits for the season, 40th anniversary kits, very, very cool. Recommended. Uh, ATL on fire on Twitter. Tom, I'm clicking on this so I can see what you're linking to us this morning. Uh, But, yeah, for those of you who are uh, Jersey folks and want to uh, invest in those kinds of things like me, trying to find ways to uh, pick up that 40th anniversary FC Soul kit, let me know if you find a way. because. Definitely, you'll be trying to find a way to grab the FC Soul Kit and have it shipped here to the United States as a jersey person that you know that that I am. Okay, so the kit leaks from ATL on fire. Left one is more likely larger stripes, uh, larger uh, red and black stripes north-south. The one on the right that has leaked looks like it is a red jersey. Gold AmFam logo, gold Adidas logo, gold Piedmont logo. All the secondary logos are gold or gold trim. And it looks like tire tracks instead of actual stripes. So those are the two leaks from ATL on fire. And uh, there's your leak link or link of a leak. But yeah, uh, I know a lot of folks were looking at, for those of you looking at ATL on fire, the one on the left, larger, wider stripes than the original for both uh, black and red, gold trim, gold striping, and uh, gold piping down the side. So we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, TFC hate is still real, Joe Bost. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, you look at what we're seeing from the uh, from our friends at, uh, at, at uh, TFC. A lot of investment, and we'll see what happens. You brought in Sean Johnson. You brought in Matt Hedges. Should be interesting to see what lays itself out when it comes to how Toronto FC looks in 2022. Um, by no means is uh, is this the uh, wrapping up of content, but let me, I want to get into stupidity down here for a second. Carlo Ancelotti once again went public, and Dermot Corrigan. For the athletic came up with the information. And uh, for those of you keeping an eye on uh, what has been going on, Venetius Jr., once again, the victim of stupidity, absolute stupidity, persistent abuse. And this is once, this is Corrigan's words from our friends at the athletic. Ignorant attitude of fans who believe calling a black player, you know, what what they call him. And I'm not going to use the words. They're out there. You know what it is. Carlo Ancelotti said on Tuesday, two days after Sunday afternoon, saw yet more racist abuse directed at the Brazilian forward. Defeat at Real Mallorca. Vinicius Jr. verbally abused. From the stands, La Liga said it will investigate. Mallorca condemned what it has said was, quote, an isolated case, end quote. I'm sorry, it's not isolated. That's naive. Venetius Jr. suffered the exact same type of racist abuse at Mallorca's ground last February, too. Ricky, I'll address it. I'll give you my thoughts when I'm done uh, going through the story here. Sunday was the third time Such abuse has been directed towards him on the pitch this season. Off the pitch, on mainstream Spanish television, you had stuff that that you hadn't, no, it's not not isolated, Not, not at all. Vinicius Jr. was subjected to it on Spanish television back in September. Last month, an effigy of the player was hung from a motorway bridge close to Real Madrid's training ground. Venetius Jr. wants Spain's footballing authorities and institutions to do more to protect him. feels his club should be doing more, too. For example, on the day the effigy was found, Madrid did not speak with him about it. And in the Spanish media, he's often portrayed in negative light as tempestuous, unruly, or disrespectful. Often more airtime is given to this than the racist abuse he receives. Ancelotti referred to this, too. He said, quote, the problem is Venetius. The problem is what happens around Venetius, and that's the end of it. Venetius is the victim of something I don't understand. It's a problem of Spanish football, and I'm part of Spanish football, and it is a problem that we have to solve. All right, Corrigan breaks it down. First official response to racist abuse directed at Venetius Jr. when La Liga made a complaint to Barcelona's public prosecutor's office after a Classico in the Camp Nou of October 2021. Racist abuse from the stands at Mallorca's Son Juan Stadium in March of 22. Last September, Spanish agent Pedro Bravo on El Chiringuito. And when you have TV programs that allow this kind of stuff to happen too, unfettered, that Vinicius Jr. had to stop playing a certain role during his goal celebration, subject to further racist chants before during the La Liga trip to Atletico Madrid that followed shortly after. Happened again during another away match in December at Real Valladolid. January's Copa del Rey quarterfinal against Atletico. The effigy was hung from the bridge. Banner in the red and white of Atletico that reads Madrid hates Real. Sunday, Spanish TV picked out audio of an individual shouting things from the stands at Mallorca. It's disgusting. I'm not going to repeat it. After the effigy was found... Widespread condemnation from Spanish officials, National Police open an investigation, La Liga, Spanish Football Association, National Players Union, the AFE, Real Madrid, Atletico, and the government's High Council for Sports all issued statements abhorring what happened. Police investigation is yet to discover who was responsible. Although Tuesday, CSD President Jose Manuel Franco said advances have been made following a newspaper report said six members of an Atletico Ultras group had been identified. Often, and this is Corrigan's words. Often, however, reactions from the authorities can appear slow, partial, or just plain insufficient. When many Atletico fans were shown on the video chanting at Venetius outside the Estadio Metropolitano in September, the club took two days to issue a statement of condemnation. Real uh, Madrid's, uh, Madrid's public prosecutor's office opened the investigation into the chance, but by December had decided against pursuing any charges. That's a problem. It explained the decision in a statement that described the chanting as disagreeable, inappropriate, and disrespectful. That's legalese. But it also said that as the chanting had lasted just a few seconds and took place within the context of a football game with maximum rivalry, it was therefore not a crime against the dignity of the person affected. Public prosecutor's office said that. Well done. Hashtag sarcasm font. And I feel like I'm just getting warmed up. Atletico's statement after the effigy was hung near Madrid's training ground called it a repugnant and unacceptable action, while also saying it was the responsibility of everyone to ensure there was harmony between the clubs and their fan bases. After the abuse, he faced it via delete in December. Vinicius Jr. strongly criticized La Liga, saying the league body continues to do nothing. The claim was refuted by Javier Tebas a Delete, have since identified the individuals responsible for racially abusing Venetius Jr. will take disciplinary action, which could include expelling them from the club.
2: Ooh.
1: <laughs> expelling them from the club. The CSD said last week, 12 fans faced up to fines of up to 4,000 euro, 4,300 dollars, And a year-long stadium ban. I reiterate.
2: Woo!
1: After Sunday's most recent case of racist abuse at Mallorca, La Liga said it filed a complaint with the relevant local courts, stating it was the sixth time it had done so in relation to racist abuse directed towards Vinicius Jr. League body also announced it set up an email address to stop further evidence. Stopracismo at LaLiga.es. I wonder what that folder looks like. Real Madrid have, on three occasions, issued statements to condemn racist abuse suffered by Vinicius Jr. Following the comments made on Il Chiringuito, after the chance at Atleti's ground in September, and when the effigy was hung from the bridge in January. Club president Florentino Perez has not commented on the matter, But Carlo Ancelotti has regularly addressed it during press conferences before or after games, as he did back on Tuesday. Benicio's juniors also received support from the crowd at the Bernabeu. Widespread joy when he completed the 3-1 victory with the late solo. Still, once again from Dermot Corrigan, there are some who wonder whether the Bernabeu hierarchy might do more to support and protect their player, especially given how quickly they could move to defend other club figures. For instance, when their former player Zinedine Zidane had been disrespected by French Federation President Noël Legrette. After last weekend's racist abuse, there was no official response from Madrid. That's got to feel good if you're Vinicius Jr., not getting backing from your team or your club. In September, Vinicius Jr., Vinny JR on Twitter, released a video directly linking criticisms of his dancing goal celebrations to racism in Europe after the agent said what he said on the old Chiringuito, the happiness of a black Brazilian who triumphs in Europe annoys people more, Vinicius Jr. said. When Koke was asked what would happen if Vinicius Jr. were to perform his dancing celebration in front of Atletico's fans, he said, quote, well, there would be a mess for sure. The most normal thing, end quote. After Vinicius Jr. was then racially abused at Atletico Stadium, he wrote on Twitter, and everything stays the same. Venetius Jr. has not done any Spanish media interviews in recent months because he and his representatives believe his comments will not be accepted in good faith by many in the Spanish media and wider society, nor has Venetius Jr. reached out privately to La Liga or other authorities about this issue. He does not see it as the role of a player to suggest solutions. He and those around him do not feel anybody in Spanish football or society is taking the subject of racism seriously enough. Despite his clear frustration, Venetius Jr., does not see leaving Real Madrid or Spanish football as the solution. Unique and unprecedented, according to Dermot Corrigan, when it comes to this level of abuse toward a particular player, Ricky. To uh, to your thought, other black players on the squad there have been no reported incidents of them being targeted with racist abuse while playing for the club in the last few years. A lot of airtime is given to Vinicius Junior's performances. Tricks, celebrations, reactions to tackles, fouls, followed by a debate over whether he's being provocative. Other more relevant conversations are avoided when he's racially abused from the stands or a La Liga player. Cadiz's Ivan Alejo tweets out emojis and then quickly deletes them, saying he was misinterpreted. Or even when an effigy of him is hung from a bridge, it's all covered in just one news cycle. And quickly forgotten. From Corrigan, the difference in treatment has led Vinicius Jr. to feel he's being targeted. There's also an impression that some in the Spanish media willfully taking advantage and creating controversy around him to boost ratings. No, that never happens. Corrigan asks, is racism generally worse now in Spain than previously? Long history... Involving Marcelo Roberto Carlos, Samuel Eto, Pape Jope, dating all the way back to 1992. Uh, Rayo Vallecano keeper Wilfred Agbonavare. Atletico president Jesus Gil made statements in 95. Quentin Fortune, racially abused while on loan at Real Mallorca, 95. 97. Roberto Carlos incident with Barcelona, 2004. Luis Aragones on, no, on camera telling Jose Antonio Reyes something on, uh, in reference to Thierry Henry. Samuel Eto'o, 2005. Nosa Igibor from Real Betis in 2013. The Marcelo chant from Atletico Madrid fans, 2014. 2014, Villarreal fan threw a banana at Danny Alves who picked it up and ate it. That's a tremendous response. 2023, Colombian striker Myra Ramirez, racist abuse from the stands in Levante's Copa de la Reina round of 16 match against Alhama, which leads to the game being paused for three minutes and the Guardia Civil entering the pitch. In an interview with the Athletic in November, Athletic Bill nyaki Williams spoke about the abuse he suffered on two occasions in August 2016 and then again in January 2020. Quote, There were situations which were quite tense in the moment, very unpleasant. You would not wish that on anyone, but it shows there is racism in Spain. There is a part of society, very small, which still does not understand we are all humans, independent of the culture, sex, or color of the skin. That is a minority that we have to get rid of, end quote. If La Liga is serious, once again, that's Dermot Corrigan from uh, our friends at The Athletic. If you want to get serious about something, and if you're La Liga, Find out who the fans are. A one-year ban and a $4,300 fine? Yeah, that'll fix it. You have got to get serious with this stuff. His team, meaning Venetia's Jr.'s team, they need to come out instantly and back the player. Carlo Ancelotti's done a fantastic job of that. The team needs to be faster and better at it the league needs to drop the hammer on these morons. And that's the word that I'm going to use because we're on the air. They have to be better with these morons and make the point. If the evidence is there, charge them with the highest crime that you can ban them for life. Use that facial recognition technology that folks are talking about these days. Like, Talk to, talk to the New York Knicks and James Dolan and get that facial recognition stuff that they've got at Madison Square Garden. Get it over there and find ways to keep these morons out of stadia so you can't just sit there and it's like, okay, I'm going to the match today and I'm going to say stupid things to players because I can. Leagues have to stop it. Players shouldn't have to continually sit there and, A, take it, and, B, feel like they have to continually remind their employer that this ish needs to stop. Find the appropriate crime. Charge the hell out of these morons. Charge them more than $4,300? And get them out of the game. You're banned for life, dude. You have no business, none whatsoever, spreading that kind of nonsense in a fan situation. Just because you buy a ticket, just because you stand in some place... You know, you cheer against somebody, or you cheer, you know, if you're sitting there and you don't like the player that your home team has. Just because you buy a ticket doesn't mean that that gives you a right to be an idiot. Although some folks think that it does. Just because you're a fan doesn't mean that you should take it to the extremes like we're seeing with Vinicius Jr., hanging him in effigy. What kind of thought process? goes into that, hey, I think this is a great idea. I think I'm going to take an image of this player that I don't like that plays for a rival and hang him from a bridge. What in the blue hell goes through somebody's mind when you sit there and you think that it's a fantastic idea to do something like this? Find out who these individuals are. Be faster about finding out who these individuals are. Get off your collective ass. Find out who these folks are and ban them for life and charge the hell out of them. I don't know what you can charge them with. Being an idiot were a crime, a lot of these folks would be master felons at this point. But there's got to be something. And I know that there are some of you in the Twitch pitch who are of the legal persuasion. There's got to be an appropriate crime here. And a one-year ban and a $4,300 fine isn't going to do anything. That individual, I can guarantee, that individual will take that ban and take that fine and wear it as a badge of honor. Hey, look what I got. And his buddies are gonna sit there and go, Yeah, man, you did great. That was fantastic. Yeah. And they're gonna say, Man, you did great work. You're a real fan. We're right behind you. You did great work. Too much of it still happens. And like I said, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be as controlled as possible here. I really am. Too much of this stuff happens. We are part of a game that is incredibly special. When the fact that we talk about it on a daily basis, we are profoundly blessed. But at the same time, we have to have these times and these talks to remind us that we got a lot of ways. we have a long way to go and it's up to us to be those examples for others because that dude who gets the year-long ban and the $4,300 fine, who is in his inner circle? Who is in his daily circle? Who is around him when he's in the stands? Who is he influencing in the stands? Are there fathers with children there that listen to this nonsense? I would hope that if that is in fact the case, that that father, no doubt, bam! I think you're right on. I think that that forty three hundred dollar fine gets paid by the ultras. They'll all chip in. Absolutely. Guy won't have to. Guy might have to pay a little bit of it, but that forty three hundred dollar fine gets picked up like that by his buddies. Who is he influencing? And I would hope that those around him would sit there and go, that's not how we do things. We're better than that person. We are better than that person. That person does not represent who we are as a family, who we are as a fan. And family, you can take it both ways, both by blood and by support. That individual has no business being here because the message being spread by that individual is flat-out wrong and has no business in this sport. Sam, if found guilty, ban all fans from going to games to make an example of them, one person doing something stupid can ruin it for everyone. You might have to come to that point. And there are times where, and Nick can talk about this in Syria where you have those ultra groups and we've seen it in uh, European competitions, where you have supporter sections that are empty, stadia that are empty because of fans and ultras that are morons. And you would think that the club that is associated with those stupidity outbursts would learn from this and a one year ban of the $4300 fine is not going to have anybody learn it's not going to do it clubs have to be better teammates Everybody has to be better in the situation. We all have to be more vigilant about it, and we got to shut it down. And if you're a club, a one year ban and a forty three hundred dollar fine ain't going to cut it. As Bam says, that forty three hundred is going to get paid like that instantly by his buddies. They're all going to go back to their favorite bar or their favorite watering hole. They're going to raise their favorite beverage of choice, and they're going to go, yeah, look what we did. They're going to consider it an accomplishment. Look what one of our guys did. Look what he did. Clubs, leagues, they've all got to look at these situations, and look what the guy did. Be better. There's your rant for this morning. Uh, Sam, when it starts to hurt the club's revenue when they can't sell merch and seats and concessions, maybe they'll start to listen. We could hope. Bam, yeah, they'll all go to the clubhouse. 90% of ultras in Europe have a clubhouse. And that's where they're going to pass the plate. They're going to pick up that forty three hundred dollar fine. When ultras and clubs and fans and groups look at that idiot and go, I don't want I don't want any of that smoke. That's what we've got to get to. A one-year ban and a $4,300 fine ain't going to do it. Not going to do it at all. So, uh, like I said, that's your rant for hour number two. Um, Manchester City, as we (laughs) take a right turn here, we've been talking about Manchester City a lot, and it looks like it could take... Two to four years, two to four years for anything to be decided with what we've been talking about this week. Two to four years, not really a surprise. So we've got that to keep an eye on. Two to four years.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: With the way that things are uh, laying themselves out, not necessarily a surprise. But yeah, the uh, lawyer Lord Panic, according to Rob Harris, 80,000 pounds a day on the case. Eighty thousand pounds a day on the day every day there will be billable hours, and it looks like a Lord Panic is going to be getting most of them from Manchester City two to four years uh two to four years before an actual decision gets made. That's from uh, Martin Ziegler this morning and breaking down uh all of all of the latest there and uh, Ziegler, the chief sports reporter for The Times. Looking at all of that, 115 charges, two to four years. But once again, we always talk about the legal system not rolling, not rolling uh, very quickly. One of the leading sports lawyers, Nick DeMarco, who represented Mike Ashley in a lengthy legal case when he was trying to sell Newcastle, defended Derby County, Sheffield Wednesday on financial fair play. Said the number of charges facing city and the length of time they cover made the case incredibly complex. Quoting DeMarco, having worked on Darby County, Sheffield, Wednesday, FFP cases, both of which involved two charges over about two years and took about a year and a half from charges to the end, I would not be surprised if these proceedings involving city took considerably longer, given it's 115 charges covering a period of 14 years. Stefan Borson, Believes uh, Chief Executive General Counsel of Watchstone Group, who previously worked with City as a financial advisor, worked on lengthy legal cases, believes it's unlikely City would be able to take any appeal to the English courts, but that the case will still take years to reach a conclusion. Allegations appear to be about as serious as they get for a company. I think it's unlikely the club will be able to appeal the English courts due to Premier League rules requiring disputes to be dealt with by the Independent Commission on Arbitration. Long time before the disciplinary process can be completed. I would not be at all surprised if it took in excess of two years. Ultimately, Borson says, I believe it will be very difficult for the Premier League to prove its scale of wrongdoing. But if it does, consequences for the club and its directors and, of course, the fans will be devastated. City surprised by the charges and have a comprehensive body of irrefutable evidence that exists in support of their position. So that's where we are. Two to four years. Possibly, probably, maybe. Yeah. Will on uh, fan stupidity down here. I have an idea. Any team who has fans who are caught doing this should forfeit their home match versus that opponent the next year, should lose the right to have away fans travel for a year, ban that fan for life. Absolutely ban that fan for life. I'm digging that. Ban the fan for life, charge them criminally with whatever is appropriate. Fans who are caught doing this forfeit their home match versus that opponent next year. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to take time to sit there and figure out, yes, it did happen. Taking to uh, taking the legal system into account, that does make sense. Uh, lose right to having away fans travel for a year. That'd be great. Prove prove that one guy being an idiot costs it for all of you. Uh, Ricky, thank you, as always. Uh, looks like FC Soul will be putting that new kit on sale through their store on February 13. Valentine's Day present for your favorite fan. Look at that FC Soul 40th anniversary jersey. Buy it. But remember, remember, remember that it is... Uh, If you're going to buy from the store, if you're going to buy from the store, if you're going to buy from the team directly, not through like a chain or anything, the further away from the United States you go, the more Xs you need to add. So if you're thinking FC Soul, if you're looking, if you say are an XL, you might want to go three or four X if you're going to get the replica jersey. So keep an eye on that if you're going to buy. Uh, Huang apparently signed with FC Seoul after all the MLS rumors, uh, rumors including Atlanta United. So uh, Huang Yu Zhou is uh, with FC Seoul. But like I said, if you're going to buy any jersey from a team that you like, the further away from the United States you go, the more X's you need to add. As a rule, two probably for Europe. And the further away you get from Europe, it probably gets to three for the Far East. Three, maybe four. Because I will readily admit that when the boss went to India, I tried to get some uh, Indian Premier League stuff, shipped it to the hotel, which saved a fantastic amount of money. And I think I went... Three sizes up, and it still was too short. I mean, literally, it was like uh, T-shirts and things that were, you know, hugging the gun show. So, you've got to go four if you're thinking India. So, four probably there, three in Asia. So, Far East Asia, four, three, three or two in Europe, and two or three here in this part of the world as well. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. When it comes to fans being stupid, you want to cut it out, drop the hammer hard right there with you. And I think you've got to do that. You've got to do that financially and you've got to do it criminally. You've got to You've got to do it with charges. So you've got to hit all that stuff as hard as possible. All right. Uh, let's see. What else is, what else did I have this morning? Um, uh... A couple of quick things out of the Guardian before we get into gossip, rumor, and innuendo, and other things left unsaid. Um, The third tier in Spain, and this is going to be getting into news before we get into gossip and TV and and things like that. Keep an eye on this. This is from Sid Lowe in Madrid from the Guardian. The Spanish third tier is on the brink of collapse as the federation and club fallout continues. The Primera Federación could be abandoned after only 18 months. Clubs are told to fall in line with financial rules or risk losing funding. Standoff with the country's football federation means the clubs must fall in line or risk funding being removed and the Primera Federación being abandoned just 18 months after it was set up. 18 of the 40 clubs abstaining from voting on proposed economic controls and management of the two-group Primera Federación. A ballot was set up Tuesday night. Clubs have 48 hours to vote by email, so that would be tonight. That would be uh, tonight, local time, this afternoon, late this afternoon, our time, East Coast. With a letter from Spanish football's governing body, the RFEF, accusing a small minority of imposing a blockade, raising the prospect of abandoning the current model. Could mean a return to the old Segunda B, an officially amateur third tier comprising 80 teams, four regionalized divisions, and a complex playoff system for promotion of the second division. Some clubs believe the act to be an act of brinksmanship designed to frighten them into backing down. But the RFEF has cited the immediate and direct consequences of resistance to measures on economic control and commercial exploitation. Question the sense of maintaining a competition which the clubs themselves say is not viable. (coughs) Excuse me. Late last month, 18 clubs requested in writing a formal meeting with the RFEF, which they were not granted. Stated they could not accept plans to centralize control in the hands of the RFEF without further information. National Fed had initially proposed two plans. If Modelo B was not agreed to, then Modelo A would be applied, which none of the clubs, virtually all which run at a loss, would get any financial support from the Federation. It's seen as a way of forcing Modelo B through, despite reservations the club has had over its content, the 18 dissident clubs are preparing a response. And uh, also in Canada, and for those of you that want to keep an eye on everything going on in the Canadian game, doing Rollins, that 24th minute, he has a, a Substack column and you can get uh, weekly releases and things like that. And just columns that are out there. Saskatchewan, the Canadian Premier League is trying to add teams and add more franchises, get a larger footprint, get more stability, those kinds of things. The Saskatchewan uh, CPL expansion partners got hit with a $10 million lawsuit. A former partner is alleging breaches of contract, and this comes from Dwayne. Joe Belen, the man behind Saskatchewan Summer Soccer Series, has alleged that uh, Living Sky Sports and Entertainment Al Simpson and Prairieland Park Corporation breached a contract that gave him exclusive rights to negotiate a canned PL expansion team in Saskatchewan. Civil case Ontario Superior Court, beelan seeking damages of at least $10 million, Defendants have 40 days to respond. CPL was not named in the suit. In the filing, uh, Belan claims his company was granted exclusive rights to negotiating a can PL team for Saskatchewan January 2017. Those initial rights were extended twice at the time of the alleged breach of contract. Belan claims that uh, Novatrek had been granted rights to the territory until February 26, 2021. So we'll keep an eye on that. Nothing like a $10 million civil suit. So, uh, basis of a breach of contract claim is outlined in the column so 24th minute two fourth uh two four th minute dot substack.com if you want to be caught up to date with everything that Dwayne sees in the canadian game so we'll keep an eye on that uh also on the board gossip rumor innuendo things left unsaid i know that you guys are still commenting in the twitch pitch and thank you for doing so uh sam Another great idea. Fans caught guilty of this should be ridiculed in front of everyone in the stadium and stand and goal and take shots from the player. They were saying dumb things too. For how long? How long? How long? How long should this happen? How long should this be? How long should there be a shootout? Um, uh, I thought Gigi was the third signing. It was uh, the two signings so far. Sam are uh, Abram and uh, Yakamakis still waiting for the third signing which was mentioned by Gonzalo Pineda at one point so we'll see if that happens uh so let's see uh Ricky what what are you bringing in here with uh, deadline day live uh if, yeah okay here we go And mentioning the sanctions for man city if man city are sanctioned by the premier league erling holland would consider changing clubs well yeah Norwegian is currently wondering about his future. His release clause, which can be activated, would be 150 million euro. But, okay, Sam, I like the idea. We're getting there. 90 minutes plus added time. So 90 minutes plus added time to stand in goal. Um, player might get tired, you know, kicking for 90 minutes. Can he have proxies? Just a thought. So, but now, Ricky, you bring you bring a point. From our friends at A.S., if there are sanctions and Manchester City is found to be guilty of said sanctions, would not Erling Holland just sit there and go, dog, release me from my deal? You don't get nothing. It's your fault. So why should Manchester City get a nickel out of the whole thing? Erling Holland would be just like, nope, I'm a free agent. I'm out. I'm done. That's what I would think anyway. That way anybody who's interested should be able to to jump in and sit there and go, yeah, absolutely, I could see that. See, okay, and thank you, because I figured the whole team starts taking shots if a player gets tired. So, yeah, so I would say I mean, le- legitimately, if Manchester City screw up and I'm Erling Haaland, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm out. You don't get nothing. I'm done. I'm on the market. Who wants me? And you basically, you can go wherever you want to go. And the highest bidder would be the highest bidder. And there you go. Yeah, basically, yeah. It is, Ricky. It's like college players being able to transfer freely after an NCAA ruling or a coach getting fired. It should be, yeah. You know, and it's the way it should be, especially like if a coach leaves. Like if if you're recruited by a coach and that coach leaves, you ought to be able to go if you don't want to hang around legitimately uh news from Cesar Luis Merlo Diego Cocha is the new coach for El Tree FMF has already reached an agreement with Tigres for his departure in fact he won't even be sitting on the bench Saturday against Pumas so Diego Cocha is your new head coach for El Tree all right gossip rumor and innuendo things left unsaid before we go plus uh, what's on TV from our friends at the BBC And the, the rumors today, let's see how many of them there are. Liverpool are among the clubs interested in Everton defender Jared Brathwaite, who's on loan at PSV Eindhoven, Manchester United, and Roma, also tracking the England U-20. That's from the four-letter paper. Take the information at your own peril. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang on the verge of leaving Chelsea for LAFC. Oh, I would love to know the fanciful footwork there. Bet you it's a mirror of the uh, Gareth Bale deal. Whatever they did for Bale, they're doing for Aubameyang. Wash, rinse, repeat. We've done it once, Do it again.
2: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
0: Lucky in line at the deli,
2: I guess. Ah ha! In my dentist's office. 18-plus.
1: Chelsea, in advance, talks with Thiago Silva over a deal to take the Brazilian defender's contract beyond his 39th birthday in September. Angels wonder. Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle, all interested in Ajax's midfielder Edson Alvarez. Arsenal also could have a clear run at a move for Real Sociedad's Martin Zubimendi, thanks to Barcelona turning their transfer focus elsewhere. Borussia Dortmund and Jude Bellingham Reported ruled out moves to Chelsea and PSG in the summer. Do you see that Marseille knocked out PSG in the in the Coupe de France? Liverpool, Barca, Real Madrid, Manchester City, Manchester United are all keen on the player. The words from the Express. Keen. We're keen on the player. Everton will make another attempt to sign Beto from Udinese in the summer after failing to clinch a deal in January. Leeds have been turned down by Andoni Iraola. as they continue to face frustration, further frustration, in their attempts to appoint a new manager. Uh, The manager at Feyenoord was on the short list now as well. Spurs could sign Ben Foster to cover for Hugo Lloris, who's out for at least six weeks with a knee injury. He announced his retirement last September, but could join on a short-term loan. Nathan Jones' job at Southampton, safe for now. Three points from safety, but once again, the four-letter paper. Chelsea have decided to loan Andre Santos out to a Brazilian club should he fail to obtain a work permit. Brazilian U-20 was one of the eight players signed during a record-breaking $300 million transfer window, joining for 16 million pounds from Vasco da Gama. Also in advance talks over a new deal for 18-year-old English left-back Lewis Hall, whose deal runs until 2025. Manchester United have been handed some encouragement in their pursuit of of Frankie Dijon, courtesy of Mundo Deportivo, and Ansu Fati, La Liga demanding that the Catalan Giants dramatically reduce their wage bill. Arsenal striker Olivier Giroud discussing a new contract with AC Milan. He had been a target for Everton in January. That's from our friend Fabrizio Romano. Striker Joao Mendes, the 17-year-old son of Ronaldinho, set to join Barça after successfully passing a trial at the new Camp. You see that picture? Moroccan World Cup star Sofiane Amrabat offered to play for free in order to secure a move to Barca from Fiorentina. It's from Mundo Deportivo. Bayern Munich Sporting Director Hassan Hamzic says the club turned down an offer from Inter Milan for France defender Benjamin Pavard. Spain defender Sergi Roberto set to agree to a contract extension with Barca after the La Liga side made an improved offer. That's from our friends at Relevo. Huddersfield considering approaching Charlton boss Dean Holden to take over as their new manager, following the dismissal of Mark Fotheringham, ex-Sheffield United boss Chris Wilder, former Wigan manager Liam Richardson, among possible candidates for the post. That's from the four-letter paper. Chris Wilder is also being considered uh, for the Aberdeen full-time job. So we'll keep an eye on Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder? Keep an eye on that. Uh, looking at the papers from uh, the perspective of our friends at Sky, and they like to run through the uh, the multiple English papers, and we're going to avoid the uh, three- and four-letter papers, as we always do. Uh, Harry Kane will need to continue his quest to become the Premier League's record goal scorer sc- at Spurs, as the club will not sell him to a rival this summer. Uh, Sir Martin Broughton who is the businessman responsible for bringing the uh, group era to anfield to the fenway sports group era to anfield this question the 4 billion dollar plus asking price uh for liverpool and manchester united because they lack london postcodes they don't have they don't have the city name on it so they ain't worrying about it it's like y'all ain't worth it because y'all ain't from london thank you sir martin Broughton, for your input um, uh, South African lawmakers have pledged to block a 42.5 million pound sponsorship deal between Spurs and the, uh, South African tourism board. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, takeover offers for Manchester United due to be tabled within the next 10 days. Glazer family still open to a potential deal to be completed by April. Oh, I am muted. Okay. Sorry. It's what happens when you try to cough and you cover your, uh, you cover your mouth and nothing like being muted for an entire minute, right? That's going to show up well. Uh, Yeah, you cough, you hit the mute button, and then you think you hit the mute button back and then you don't. Well, like I said, once a week, something happens. Once a week, something happens. And I I thought I hit the trigger and I didn't, so that's on me. Yeah, Ricky, exactly. I am muted. I was muted, Ricardo. (laughs) And I was, uh, say it louder for those in the back. Yes, I was muted. Like I said, that's on me. Uh, as long as 15 minutes, uh, two passes on a 5-0 win. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, LAFC, Sam. LAFC is going to end up somehow with PEA and Pogba on TAM deals. Bam. Yes, the Jedi hand wave. Nothing to see here. Uh, it, it is magic, and I'd love to know what John Thorrington does. I would love to know what John Thorrington's is doing. To make all this happen, but because he has figured it out, because he's figured it out, he knows what uh, he knows what to do, and he can basically wash, rinse, and repeat. Absolutely can wash, rinse, and repeat. So that's what you're staring at. Uh, before we go, uh, soccer on TV plus juice boxes, and hopefully, I will. If I hit the mute button to cough, uh, I'll unhit the mute button after I've coughed, kind of like right now. So we'll try it again real quick. All right. Here we go. BN tonight, seven o'clock, Copa Libertadores, Boston River, and Zamora. That's at seven. If you don't have BN or Gold TV or Tayise, you can get it at FNTZ.co slash soccer down here. Helps out the network and it helps you out getting a lot of games that you might not have had the chance to watch otherwise. FS2, Coupe de France, Lorient Lens at three. Vienna and Espanol has the simulcast of Boston River and Zamora. Box Deportes has the simulcast of L'Oreal and Lens. Gold TV, Dutch Cup, Twente and Ajax at 1245. Two to NA has uh, Liga MX double header, 805 Carretero and Leon, Atlas and Monterey's at 1005. Fanatis, USA has the U20 Sudamericano, Triple Header, Ecuador, Venezuela, Uruguay, Paraguay, Colombia, Brazil, 3530, and 8. VIX Plus has Atlas and Monterey as well at 10 o'clock and we'll keep an eye on the Turkish super league because uh matches are scheduled for Friday have seen nothing where folks would be sitting there and going yep we'll be uh, we'll be playing those matches I think the Turkish super league is probably suspended until further notice um also on the when you want to know where John Thorrington will be in which MLS team will throw money at LAFC for him don't know interesting that will be an interesting keeping an eye on the uh, track for John Thorrington. Uh, juice boxes before we go. And let's see. So that means we go here, take a peek on everything, and let you know what else is going on for your favorite VPNs and everything. Right now, uh, Far East and Reserve Leagues, Friendlies, Middle East, North Africa, that's where we are right now. Uh, coming up on the end of matches, you've got Liga MX under twenties going on right now in the Clausura. You've got friendlies going on. Stuff at uh, eleven o'clock continues. Middle East, North Africa, cut play in Portugal, uh, cut play in Eastern Europe. Uh, Liga Portugal is at one o'clock. You've got uh, Campeonatos in Brazil. As I continue to just just zoom through everything. Lens is a road favorite since we mentioned that game on FS2. Lens a minus one fourteen at Lorient, who's a plus three eleven. Uh, more campeonatos in the late afternoon, getting us into South American Championships at five thirty. Liga MX femenil is at six. Carretero on the road is a plus one twenty at Nacaxa, and at uh, six oh five. Uh, Club America, big favorite, a minus 588 at Santos Laguna, who's north, north of plus 1125. Couple Libertadores, Boston Rivers, a minus 196 at home against Zamora. And uh, Zamora's a plus 560. Liga MX Femenil at 8. Toluca, home favorite, slight at a plus 143 against Atlas at a plus 150. Uh, Liga de Expansión, Liga MX at 805. Uh, Club Leona slight road favorite at Carretero, 152 to plus 162. Costa Rican Premier, Primera Saprisa is a road favorite tonight at 9 o'clock is a minus 133. Atlas in Monterey is at 10.05. Monterey is a plus 131. Atlas is a plus 194. So those are your numbers for tonight. And yet, bam, you know, you mentioned it. Burt Bacharach passed away. And that is a huge loss considering everything that Burt Bacharach contributed to, uh, to music in general across the board. I mean, he passes away at the age of 94 and he was active until he passed. I mean, 70 years of active I he mean, started in the fifties, worked his way through, still continued to, uh, be active to this day, married to Angie Dickinson. All right, so here here's the quick rundown of everything of Burt Bacharach. 1968 Grammy, 1970 Grammy, Academy Awards, two in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, 1970. Emmy Award, 1971. Academy Award and a Golden Globe for Arthur's Theme. Grammy, 87. Grammy Trustees Award, 97. Grammy. In collaboration with Elvis Costello in 99. One of the most beautiful people in 99. Sexiest Men Alive by People Magazine. Polar Music Prize in 2001. NARUS New York Heroes Award 2002. GQ Inspiration Award 2005. Grammy 06. George and Ira Gershwin Award Musical Achievement from UCLA. Thornton Legacy Award USC. If UCLA gives you an award, folks across town have to do that too. And you know that was going to happen. 2008 Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Greatest Living Composer, 2009 Honorary Doctorate from Berkeley, B E R K L E E, Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Great American songbook, uh, songbook Concert, and then the Gershwin Prize for Popular Song with Hal David, awarded by the Library of Congress in 2012. So, Bert Bacharach, uh, we lose Bert Bacharach today at the age of 94, passed away in Los Angeles. So, just an amazingly talented composer and musician. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Amelia people may not realize how far reaching his work went. So, um, amazing stuff from Bert Bacharach and, uh, lost today at the age of 94. So, uh, tomorrow, once again, we will probably talk more, uh, We'll talk more stuff. Uh, Jarrett may know the way to say it. I haven't been so long. And so, uh, so we'll find out if, uh, we'll uh, remind us of that one tomorrow when Jarek comes in at nine o'clock, uh, friends at beyond goals, joining us at nine 30, getting you ready for the weekend, anything else that's on your mind. We'll talk, uh, Yakimakis and everything else going on in the world of soccer. Uh, we've ranted today and we had information and we had fun. That's the, that's the best part about doing the show every single morning with you guys here, here on the Twitch pitch. And those who get to listen later on, uh, the soccer down your app available iOS and Android. Don't forget also the AW5 fund, the GoFundMe, as uh, the Charlotte FC wants to help out the family of Anton Walks going forward. So keep an eye on that. And if it's something that you feel uh, compelled to do, uh, do do some reading on it. And if it's something that you feel compelled to to be a part of, then uh, that's what it's there for. So the AW5 fund to help out Anton Walks' family, taken away from us too soon, definitely uh, at the age of 26. So. Uh, we'll be back at it 3 a.m., bam. Thanks for hanging out with us until 3 a.m., my friend. But uh, later today, once again, reminder, Mauricio Ruiz from uh, USL Jacksonville. We'll catch up with him, one of their new hires, and he's going to be doing stuff with them on the field and off. Jack Collison's interview with us, the 1v1, will be up later today. Catch up with him in Huntsville as he gets ready for their first scrimmage against Birmingham Legion and uh, – And we'll try to track down Nico Moreno and figure out when we can hang out with Nico this week as well. So another go around of soccer down here. We'll be doing it again, 9.05 tomorrow morning. Thanks for hanging out with us, as you always do. And for uh, everybody here, for Jason, for Jarrett, for Nick, I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. Mucha platiola since it's the end of the show. That means I get to do this. We'll pick it up again tomorrow, 9.05. And hopefully uh, my nose will be behaving by then, and I won't be coughing and muting myself for more than I should. So that's it for SDH on another Thursday. Thanks for your Thursday thoughts. We'll be doing it again Friday morning. Be safe, y'all. See you soon.
2: Judy was boring.
0: Hello.
1: Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy.